Great to be with you once again for the moments that mattered after round eight here in the Hungry Jacks NBL. We've just witnessed the top of the table clash, Derek Rucker. First versus second. An incredible turnaround. Melbourne United for coming up with a massive win. I could not have predicted a crazier game than what we saw here today. Top of the table clash. Sydney come out in that first half totally dominant. In my mind, I was expecting 25, 30-point win by the Sydney Kings. But full credit, I don't know what transpired at halftime, but Dean Vickerman has a knack for extracting more out of his team when they need it most. And today was a perfect example. They come out in the second half, led by Chris Golding, and totally changed the complexion of this game and run away an easy winner. Well, let's talk about how it changed because Sydney were up 18 when they made the opening bucket of the third quarter. But then from there, the, the entire game just flipped on its head. What happened? How, what were the moments that mattered? Well, I thought Sydney lost defensive focus. Now, we've seen them lose their attention span at times during the season, but rarely has it been as severe as we saw in the second half defensively. Also, the fast-paced tempo that we see them play with and succeed with didn't quite happen in the second half. Melbourne was United, it too reckless today? I thought it was too reckless. I thought at some point in the playoff, Jack, if you're making a run for the championship series, we saw it last year. The up and down style doesn't always prove to be effective. At some point, you have to execute in the half court. They didn't get it done, and they fell apart. Chris Golding, a phenomenal performance. Eight made threes, finished the game with 34 points. We're talking about a man who's 35 years of age here, Derek Rucker, and right now he's got to be one of the leading MVP candidates this season. And I always respect Chris because he has that knack for knowing when. And today, again, he came up huge under serious defensive attention from the Sydney Kings. They have great length and athleticism. They switch everywhere. They don't allow great players a lot of space. But yet, Chris was able to navigate his way through this game. And it's one thing to score a lot of points. It's a total another thing to score a lot of points in a milestone game in a big game. Make that 35. Sorry, Chris, I robbed him of one point late. Sean Bruce had a bit of fun pre-game and said that he doesn't think Melbourne are the benchmark. With their win-loss record the way it looks right now and the way that they won today, are they the benchmark in this competition? I agreed with Sean Bruce prior to the game. I totally disagree now. Melbourne United are clearly the team to beat. When they get their horses back, Jack, I've got them at about an 82.5% probability of winning wow. the championship. The championship? The championship. Wow. Big win for Melbourne today. Big win for Illawarra as well. Shout out to the Hawks. We've been critical of them on this show all season. It's all been justified in our opinion, of course. Justin Tatum comes in today, first day in charge, and they get a win in New Zealand. Yes, and he's come in, and you see the lineup changes, and I haven't examined the tape like I will tomorrow, but from what I saw, there were some different lineups out there. He went with a bit more youth and vibrant legs, and I think that injection of spirit really changed their fortunes. That was a fantastic victory today. New Zealand had just come off of a yeah. really good win, yep. so it's not like they were playing another weak team. So congratulations to Illawarra. Let's not jump too hard on Jacob, though, because it's not necessarily his fault, everything that went down. He was just the one that had to pay the price. So for Hawks supporters watching this, what can they get out of the back end of this season? Well, hopefully they'll go out there and support the team, firstly.
go out there, get to the arena, support them because they need your support. But I think now there is a bit of hope. That's all we ask for is hope. And can your team go out there and win games? And today they prove that they can. What do we make of the New Zealand Breakers? And what do we make of their weekend? Look, I think they're just with all those other teams that, like, aren't terrible, but they're not at the top, like with Sydney and Melbourne. They're not up there at that level, but there's Brisbane. And Brisbane, I think, are a little bit better than New Zealand. But in that middle class, anybody can beat anybody on any given night. And we saw Adelaide knock off Southeast Melbourne. Yeah. Let's talk about Jack McVeigh. We talk about the moments that mattered on this show. This might be the moment of the season. Jack McVeigh with a game winner against Cairns. And didn't he love it? Didn't Cairns love it? Uh, didn't Tasmania love it? Cairns, on the other hand, they didn't love it so much. Well, a very compelling game. A game that Cairns probably feel like they let get away. But I heard Jack McVeigh say that he was going to shoot that yeah. ball no matter what. And this guy is someone who, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but when you look at his physical profile, his athleticism, when you look at his measurables, he should not be one of the top Australian players in the competition. But he works. He believes in himself. He's got his mindset right. And he's playing in the right system where he fits perfectly. And for that reason, he is one of the top five players in the comp. And he's a legitimate all-NBL candidate. I was going to ask you that. Averaging 16 points a game, four and a half rebounds. He's, his overall impact on the court has been fantastic. Do you see him as a, a first or second team player at the moment? Without a doubt. And right now, I think that he and Mitch Creek might actually be competing for a position in that first team, all NBL uh, team. But look here, there's also something else about Jack McVeigh. He suits Tasmania. Yep. He suits the culture down there. And that's a win because you can do so much commercially in your community when you have a player that is happy to play for your club. How are Tasmania going right now? Uh -huh. They just got out of jail on Saturday. Mm. If you look solely at the Mitsubishi ladder, you would say that they're one of the top teams in the competition right now. How have you seen their, their first eight rounds? They're good, they're solid, but they're not playing to the defensive capability that they should that has made them a threat deep in the playoffs in the past two seasons. And I think Coach Scott Roth acknowledged that during the week, and I guarantee you that during this FIBA break, they'll be really emphasizing improving that defensive rating. Let's get to the Brisbane Bullets. This Ooh. one might pain you a little bit. And it'll pain you because we've spoken about it again. We spoke about it last week on the show. More than once this season, Brisbane's ability to manage the fourth quarter has been a problem for them. And last night, it was an enormous problem for them against Perth. You know, I feel bad almost for bringing up the, the proposition with Andrew early in the fourth quarter. I said, Andrew, what number, what margin is safe going down the stretch? And Drewy almost didn't have an answer. And a couple of minutes later, Brisbane has stretched the lead to nine yeah. with four minutes and 50 seconds on the clock. And then it fell apart, Jack. Why? And the lack of leadership, I felt, and not leadership as in rah-rah, guys, we need to do this, but more on-court direction in terms of getting the ball in the places where it needs to be on the offensive end. And then defensively, they weren't able to get stops. And they've been much better defensively over the past three to four weeks. But defensively, they let Bryce Cotton get free. And they let uh, Doolittle really torch them. And when you put that together with a critical turnover late in the, late in the final 90 seconds of the game, that was their undoing. So is that mindset? Because we've seen under Justin Shaw, they're very well drilled. They've got a great game plan. And in the first half, they were locked onto the scout against Perth. 
what happens? Why, why, does, why do they go away from that in Q4? Here's a key bit that's going to correct that. Getting Shannon Scott back. That's going to fix a lot of that. Shannon will lead that team. He's calm. He'll get the ball where it needs to be. He'll take the pressure off of some of the other guys that probably have, have been overhandling the ball in situations where they shouldn't be. But that doesn't cure what's happened. It doesn't make you feel any better about the two games are probably definitely blue and then the one that could have gone either way in Tasmania. So it, it's tough, but I think there is promise and, and, and cause for hope for the future. Perth Wildcats, we can't walk past them. That's nope. now five in a row. It wasn't their most polished performance on Saturday night, but Rucker, I think from a Perth perspective, they got the win, whereas perhaps in that sort of game earlier in the season, they probably wouldn't have been able to grind it out like they did last night. And the reality is that is a tough home away double. Thursday night at home against an energized Cairns team, you knock them off, and that's a lot of physical expenditure playing against that team. Yep. You fly across the country, and you play a well-rested Brisbane who feel urgent, like they really needed that game. And it was a muddling affair early. It was really, it was really hard. It was tense. And for Cairns, uh, for Perth to figure out a way to win it, like, that, that game last night was almost worth two victories, in my opinion. Who needs the fever break the most? We probably need a fever break, to be <laughs> honest. But who else needs a fever break the most? This is going to sound crazy, but I think Melbourne United. Really? I think it gives them a chance to really not have to piecemeal. And Dean Vickerman's been coaching his brains out at yeah. a crazy high level. And it gives them a chance to really consolidate, get their guys healthy, and then come back with a plan of attack, and they get a chance to figure out in some scrimmaging how their pieces fit with a full roster. Let's finish up with thumbs up, thumbs down. Let's start with the positive. Who gets the thumbs up for this weekend? I'm going to give the thumbs up to Bryce Cotton. I really like what he's done. And the thing about Bryce Cotton, and we saw it here with Chris Golding today, these guys are exceptional people. Like, they go out, and you can see that their teammates want them to excel. Yeah. And... That's what I really admire about players like that. But for Bryce, who dealt with a lot of criticism, people saying, is he over the hill? Has he lost his step? And then a matter of a month to turn it around and to lead his team and have the courage to go out there and still believe in himself with all the whispers and all the shouting, Bryce Cotton gets my thumbs up. I want to give a, a special shout-out to Sam Froling, a double-double today, mm. 16 and 12. He's had a bit of a down season, but it, I'm such a fan of the way that he plays. But, Ruck, I think based on what we saw today, I'm giving my thumbs up to Melbourne United. That was, that was some sort of turnaround. This is a very, very good team. I'm looking, for, I'm looking for ways that you can pierce their success and how you can attack them. And I thought the Sydney Kings did a really good job in the first half, but it was based off a lot of individual brilliance. And you hear Andrew and I talking about it all the time. We get concerned when a team builds a lead off of individual brilliance because when you lose your legs or you lose your skills, like we saw in the second half today, things fall apart rapidly. Thumbs down. Where does it go this week? Thumbs down. I think I'm going to have to give it to, uh, I might steal your answer here, but I'm going to go with Southeast Melbourne. That was my answer. It's I know. Your own. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. It might be a double whammy here. Yeah. It's mine too. I just don't understand how they let that game get away in Adelaide. Up 18. 18 is a magic number this week. Up 18 in Adelaide. Adelaide actually looked like they were ready to relent. Yeah. Looked like they had had enough. And 
somehow Southeast Melbourne let them back in the game. And now, Jack, I believe they're sitting at 6-6 six and six, where they were positioned to go to, to challenge for first place just a couple of weeks ago. Not often on this show we have thumbs down going in the same direction, but I think it speaks volume of the loss for Southeast Melbourne. FIBA break for us. Keep your eye, of course, on nbl.com.au and all the social media platforms. Some great content lined up during the week. Ruck, eight rounds in. It's been a hell of a ride so far. It has, and, you know, the emotional roller coaster that we've experienced as, as commentators and as media members, imagine what the players feel. So I really respect everybody on these teams that go out there and give it everything they have and still have to deal with us during the week. So it's been a great, it's been a great eight rounds and uh, looking forward to many, many more. Thanks for watching. We'll see you in a couple of weeks on the Moments That Mattered.